G'day guys and welcome to episode 54 of the TJ Miguel podcast and after recording the previous episode where I talked a bit about Japan, showing Japan to friends and family, I thought oh I have to mention motivation because it is such a big thing and it can really play out well when we're motivated. And as I said, I was thinking a lot about my students. So when it comes to motivation, it's not necessarily motivation related to traveling or motivation related to, I don't know, to trying new things. It has to do more with motivation when we are learning a language or better yet, motivation when it comes to preparing ourselves for IELTS and PT academic. Because sometimes we may not feel as motivated as we could be with other things, right? Obviously, when it comes to preparing for these exams, there is a lot of things like grammar practice, vocabulary practice that sometimes we have to do. And I know that it's not necessarily the most exciting thing to do. <laughs> this also reminds me, by the way, motivate how to stay motivated reading a book, because sometimes the same thing would apply. We may have a book that is fantastic, <coughs> like my book, for example. And even if you want to read and you have got all the desire to do it you may not feel motivated enough so if that's the case well i think this episode would will be for you i think that it is i mean and the first thing that i want to say is that it reminded me as i said a lot about my students because as i was showing friends and family around japan a part of me felt even more motivated to keep learning Japanese. There were times where I was asked questions about what a symbol or a kanji actually, a Chinese character meant. And well, unfortunately, I couldn't precisely say what it was. I had to say, look, I think it means this, this or that. And then I would double check. But with those interactions, instead of making me go, oh, I'm so bad, or I'm not there yet. For me, it was more like, oh, okay, I have to keep practicing, I have to keep improving. And and again, the same thing would apply to, to learning English, right? When it comes to learning English and passing exams like IELTS, PTE, myself included, I, I know that sometimes it, not, it is not as exciting. I can tell you as a fact, I would much rather read a book or do something that I enjoy with Japanese rather than studying Japanese grammar. But sometimes we have to study grammar. It will help us in passing these exams. So I thought, how can we stay motivated when we think of exams like IELTS, PTE, and the first thing that I want to say is that don't think too much about your time in the country, because for those of you listening to me in Australia or perhaps in an English speaking country, I know that, as I've mentioned in other episodes, we have what we called the Latino bubble or the mm bubble. And what I mean by that is that we may have people from our circle, circle of friends or culture, whatever you want to call it, that for one reason or another, we stay only using a language other than English, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But if we do it too much, obviously, it will affect the way we live or how we interact in in that country. In this case, let's say Australia, there is nothing wrong with having friends or, or let's say not having friends. Sorry, let me take that back. There's nothing wrong with only using a language other than English 
I mean, lots of people do it. But when it comes to living in Australia for a long time or interacting with Australians, it will be a bit difficult. And there are going to be times where English will be needed. And even though you've got all this extra support and, and this and that, it would be great to let's say, have a solid base in case you ever need it. And again, if you're thinking of living in, not only in Australia, in any country, I would argue that you would need to learn the language, right? But what I'm trying to say with all this is that sometimes when people stay for a relatively long time in, let's say, the bubble, what could happen is that you may be in a situation where you've been in Australia for, I don't know, let's say five or six years, And, and yet you still haven't passed IELTS or PTE or an English exam for that matter. And you shouldn't necessarily feel bad because of that, because there are so many factors and who knows, sometimes we, for one reason or another, may not practice as much as we wish we could. But the problem with motivation and that is that sometimes, or in my experience as a teacher, I have seen how that comment of, oh my God, I have been in Australia for X amount of years and I still don't speak English well, or I still cannot pass the test. It is very, what's a good way to put it? It, it is being, it is, let's say, people being really tough on themselves. And sometimes what I tell students is, look, for, I mean, the, there are so many different scenarios and I'm just going to name a few. You were working full time where while your partner was, you know, studying whatever degree it might have been, a bachelor's, a master's, or maybe you came with your kid or, or you were helping family at home. It's so tricky to just, it is so... It is tough. It is very tough on anyone to say, oh, look, I have been X amount of time in Australia and yet I couldn't pass the test. I would only be tough. I suppose that I would be tough if this person had all the opportunity to practice and was just doing absolutely nothing or wasting time. But to be honest, that's not the case for most people. So it is rare cases when we have people just living through life, not doing anything and just wasting time. So I would say don't tell that to yourself that much because you may not feel motivated or, or it may drop your motivation. And obviously you don't want that because in the first place we are talking about how to stay motivated. I would say that one of, uh, I will talk about two ways that people stay motivated and you could use them in different ways. And look, I'm not a mental health expert, so take everything I'm telling you with a pinch of salt. I'm just telling you what have what has worked for me and something that I have seen my students do. So I'm talking more from experience rather than, let's say, uh, or from an expertise point of view. I'm just telling you what I have seen or how I have seen that students are motivated and what has worked for some people. And with that said, I think the biggest two ways to stay motivated are by either thinking of a result or for being afraid of a result. And what I mean by that is this. I remember vividly when I had to pass IELTS and PTE, I didn't have many options and going back home was not one of the options simply because it, my country was going through a really tough situation. So I thought, okay, I have to either pass the test or study something else 
or maybe I have to go to New Zealand or I have to go somewhere. So I never thought, okay, I can't go back. So I guess that already, just telling myself that there is no many other options, it is also a way of motivating yourself because that is, I suppose that by not having many options, you can just focus more on your main plan. And the other one was, let's say, the fear of that option. The fact that I know that I, not necessarily that I can't go back, but it, would, it wouldn't be, let's say, that good for me, right? So obviously, we want to do things that are good for ourselves. And I knew that it wouldn't be very good or very wise to leave Australia and go back home. So I was like, okay, look, what is between me and leaving home and Australia? Okay, passing this exam. So I have to make time for this test. I have to change the way I'm doing certain things. I have to study. I have to practice. So I suppose that one way could be that. The fact that you look at what could happen if you don't study and you go, ooh, okay, what would happen if I stop learning, if I stop practicing, if I don't improve my vocabulary, my grammar, if I don't get extra help, um, like from teachers like Emilio. And as you already know, I help students prepare for these exams. You can tell them about me, my classes, my Patreon, my book, the podcast, Help me out, help me become viral and tell people more, tell more people about this, about me. <laughs> Anyways, now that I did a bit of a promotion there, I'll say that, okay, the, so I've got all those things and I don't want that bad thing to happen. And then you can start thinking, oh, all right, what can I do now? Maybe I have one or two jobs or maybe I have a job and I'm studying at uni. And by the way, if you are studying anything, English, a diploma, a bachelor, a master's, whatever you are studying, I would highly recommend that you make time during your study routine or during your life now to start working on the skills and building up your vocab, as I said a minute ago, and building up your grammar so that you don't get that extra push because it's like, okay, you finish university or you finish whatever you are studying and now, boom, you have a huge weight on your back because now you have to pass the test. And usually it is either you pass the test or you have to study something else or you have to renew and get a visa that you don't really want to get and things get overly complicated and then you start thinking, okay, now getting the PR is going to take longer and this and that. We don't want any of those things. So please listen to this because I wish I had listened to this when I was studying my degree. Don't wait until you finish your degree or whatever you are doing to start preparing for your English exam. I would highly recommend at least six months to a year. Take as much time as you need because the earlier you start, the better prepared you'll be for the test and then it's going to be less stress in the future. And, and as I just said, I wish I had listened to that advice because it's not that passing the test or, or let's say preparing for the test is bad because at the end of the day, we all have a somewhat solid base of English. Sometimes we need to get a bit of practice in different areas, but it's just the extra stress because as you know, life in Australia is really stressful. You've got obviously work because we need to pay for our studies and then you have your studies or your partner's studies. And then on top of that, you have things like rent, your car payment, 
fuel, the internet, your utility bills, you name it. You've got all these other things happening. And on top of all that, you've also got family and friends that are probably outside of Australia. So you are checking on them. You're checking how everything is going in your country. And on top of that, you need to obviously live life. You cannot be always checking your phone or the internet. You have to go out. You need to meet friends. You maybe go to a cafe. I don't know. I mean, you, you go and you go to the library and read a book. Whatever it may be that you do. So we all know that life in Australia, and, and I would say overseas, life abroad, it's stressful or it's tricky, right? In different ways. So don't just wait until you finish so that you say, okay, now I have time to do it. I would say, take it easy, take it slowly. It could be as much or as little as 15 minutes a day to obviously an hour or more. But again, you, you would be surprised by how much you can build up if you do it over time. As I said earlier on this episode, I sometimes may not feel like studying Japanese, but it, it wasn't something that it happened overnight. It's been, as I said, for eight years on my free time, whenever I had a bit of free time, I would study a little bit, a little bit. And it's more of a pile up effect. It's more, sorry, like a snowball effect. And the snowball effect is usually when you do something and it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger by itself. I would say that happens with any habit. If you start running and you run a little bit, well, technically not running a little bit every day because that's not good for you. But let's say with doing push-ups or with doing pull-ups or whatever activity may be, playing the piano. If you do a little bit every day or for a sustained, for a long amount of time, you'll be surprised by how your skills pile up. So do yourself a favor and start early. And again, as I said before, that's one of the ways to stay motivated when you think about what could happen if you don't do something. Now, the other way, it's quite the opposite. It's more on the, let's say, optimistic side of things. This is when you imagine what will happen after you get the result. But the tricky thing is that sometimes we stay too much in the, oh, I am so happy, I'm going to get that job, I'm going to do this, and all these other things that will happen, but we don't do much now. On the flip side, as I said, you can think, or what one thing that could help you, let's say, get traction, to get started, to stay motivated, is that there may be something that you're interested in. This could be, for example, a job. This could probably be let's say, validating your degree and finally, let's say, working in your field of expertise. This could perhaps be knowing that if you improve your English skills and you pass the test, you will get the permanent residency and you can finally live in Australia without any issues. You don't need to think about visas anymore. Or perhaps you want to call home because your home country has got problems or for whatever reason you want to live in Australia for good, and you'll need to pass that exam to do that. And to that, I'll say, look, that's fantastic. But it would be also important to not stay too much there. And it has to be, there There should be a bit of balance between, okay, I'm going to do this because I want this other thing, but also finding a way to make that sustainable. Because the other problem that could happen and I tell you this again from experience, this is teacher talk now. Get ready, put on your seatbelt, buckle up. What could happen is 
Sometimes I've had cases where students pass the test, where students have obtained, let's say, for example, an overall of six in IELTS, I don't know, a 55 in PTE overall, and they're good with their visas for at least one to three years, but then they have problems at work. They cannot write an email properly, or they struggle when they have to talk to customers or maybe their co-workers. And, and just to put it in simple words, they're having trouble. And part of the reason they're having trouble is because they, there are areas that they still need to, let's say, improve or solidify in their English, in their learning. So don't just look at the test as, or don't just think, okay, I'm just going to study, get a score, and that's it. Because as I said, with me and Japanese, there is so much to learn and so much to improve in any language. It could be, in your case, vocabulary, it could be grammar, it could be pronunciation, it could be the way you express yourself, it could be even with your speaking, maybe you have perfect speaking, it could be your storytelling, it could be your, let's say, your tone of voice. There are so many little things that you can do to, let's say, improve and get the most from that language, right? So all in all, this could be two very effective ways when you feel pushed to do something by one, being scared of what would happen if you don't do what you're supposed to do. In this case, let's say study and prepare for the exam. And equally, how you would be motivated by knowing what will happen if you do all those things. Okay, if I study, if I follow my schedule, if I study with Emilio and if I read his book and if I join the Patreon or if I go to any of his classes or courses, I'm going to pass the test. And by passing the test, I'm going to stay in Australia for good or I'm going to be achieving these other goals. Then that's a good way of telling yourself, okay, look, I'm going to do it. Maybe I don't feel like studying, but I'm going to study because I'm going to get those things that I also want, right? So that is, again, probably two very common ways I have seen that not only me, but that students get motivated. And also, I guess now the last thing I would add to this episode is that we need to understand that it is a process. No matter what skill we are talking about, it is a process. I wish I could come up here and just tell you, hey, just study with me or just do this and learn this new magic trick and boom, you're just going to suddenly improve and you're going to pass the test and this and that. But reality is that that almost never applies to anything in life other than a video game and you're using a cheat code to get super good at something. Most of the time, change takes a bit of time and we need to be patient. It is tricky because it happens to all of us. We all, or people, I would say not we all, let me change that. Most of the time, people want to get things fast. And I wish, as I said, that I could just come here and say, yeah, do this, do that. But the reality is we need to build up our skills. We need to practice. And that happens sometimes with me and Japanese. Oh, I wish I could say this better. Or, oh, I still don't fully understand this word. Or oh, I forgot how to read this kanji. And that that is normal. It will happen in any other skill. It's not only with language learning. It's the same thing with piano. Even if I, if I were to learn piano, 
I probably shouldn't expect to learn to play how, or sorry, how to play like Beethoven did after two months. And I'm overly exaggerating, right? Another example I give is I just walk into a gym and I just say with, let's say being quite overweight, right? And then I just go into the gym and I say, hi, I want to sign up. And by the way, I want to have a full six pack in four weeks. How do we do that? It is a bit unrealistic and it's probably not the best way to approach let's say uh, weight loss but again i'm not a fitness expert so that's a different topic the the whole point of this is to understand that things take time and that things are a process be a bit patient but at the same time be or let's say at the same time put in the work practice put in the hours and I would also add to everything that I'm saying when it comes to motivation is get help because sometimes, or this could be just me, but I feel that many times people want to just do everything by themselves. And while there is a lot of good things about being independent, sometimes a bit of extra help doesn't hurt and it could make things more efficient or you may be filling gaps that you wouldn't know. This reminds me of my time working, sorry, doing triathlon races and having a coach, having someone I can talk to and, and basically clarify any questions I may have. It really helped or when I felt like, okay, look, this is going to be my strategy because these are my strengths. And it was great to, it was, it was fantastic having that extra person, let's say, that can see things from the outside and go, yes, Emilio, but you can also do this, this and this. So I would highly recommend to also consider that whenever possible, get help. And this could be in any shape or form. This could be obviously from your inner circle, people that are the closest to you. This could be from friends. This could be from family. This could be from someone that you trust, a co-worker. This could be from one of your teachers. This could be from me. So again, I think if we apply a bit of that, let's say when it comes to learning these exams that would totally help us probably the last thing that i would say before i leave you is that another thing that we cannot let's say that we, i cannot just finish the episode without mentioning it is that on top of learning or improving your english you also need to prepare for the exam you need to understand the test a funny funny story recap i remember vividly before doing running events and also before doing triathlon races i remember that we went to the court where the event was going to take place and i was telling friends people around even my coach i feel like this is cheating why am i checking the running course before i do the event am i not supposed to do this while i am in the in the race and preparation preparation was the answer well, Emilio, yes, but you need to be careful in this part. The wind is going to hit you very hard from here, or this is going to get slightly uphill, so you need to be careful at kilometer 10. I don't know. I'm just giving you a random example. And it reminds me, as I'm telling you that story, it reminds me of me telling students in class, be careful on this section of the test, or be careful when you are doing or attempting this activity, because these things could happen. So practice plus preparation will be key to stay motivated and also to obtain a good result. This will not only be for IELTS and PT, obviously that's what I do with anything related to teaching, 
but I feel that the fact that if we can mix all those things, having a bit of practice, having motivation, and you can pick how you want to stay motivated. Again, I'm not here to tell you what to do. You, you get your practice, you get your motivation, you get your extra help. And when you combine those things and, oh, I forgot to add patience to the formula. And then we put a bit of patience and you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised what will happen because over time things will pile up. You will not, you may not notice at first how your skills improve, but certainly over time you will, you will be noticing how much you are improving or how much you have improved. And then attaining that goal, is going to be much easier. Sometimes I know we're not going to feel motivated, but it is about trusting the process and basically thinking again of that drive that will push you, but always thinking about the end result because that will also be a fantastic way to stay motivated. Now, there are other ways to stay motivated and if you have any other suggestions or if you motivate yourself in a different way, please let me know, tell me about it. I would love to make an episode with your input and then touch up on different areas and on different ways people can get motivated because at the end of the day, you know, I'm not right or it's not just what I say. There may be other ways to stay motivated and I'm all open for feedback. Do let me know. I would love to touch up on that topic or maybe even mention it in a, in a later episode. And again, I was part of your day. You were part of mine. We spend quite some time together now. So I want to say a big, big thank you. Big thank you for making me part of your day. As I always say, I am humbled by that. Thank you so much. I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And up until then, I'll see you on the next one. Take care. Miss me. I'll miss you. And I'll see you on episode 55 of the Teacher Amiga podcast. Take care and bye for now. Boom. <laughs>